This podcast is brought to you by jewishpodcasts.org. Start your very own podcast today at jewishpodcasts.org. I received an interesting Shiloh last week from a younger person. I, older people maybe wouldn't do this, but the question is, are you permitted to dry your hands on your clothing? Very often you go somewhere, you want to wash your hands, and there's not always uh, paper towels, or now everything is... Uh, uh, you know, uh, no no trees, so everything's automatic. But you don't always have a way to wipe, dry your hands. Can you dry your hands on your clothing? So the Morgan Avram, it's Mekufnun Chesed, Kotn Yedzayin, brings that from the Tashbits. Who was the Tashbits? The Tashbits was the Talmud of the Merami Rutenberg. But it wasn't just Tama Talmud. If you remember, the Merami Rutenberg was locked in jail for seven years. And for some reason, they allowed him to come in. So the Tashbits used to come and speak with the Marami Rutenberg, and he recorded many of his psakim in a sefer called Tashbits. What does Tashbits stand for? Chuvas Shimon Ben Sadik. That's who the Tashbits was. We're talking 13th century. So he writes, the Magen Avram quotes him, and he writes that if a person wa- dries his hands on his shirt, it's kashul shechacha. It can lead him to forget his Torah. Interesting chiddush from the Tashbits. He doesn't bring any source. He doesn't bring any makar. Fact. If a person dries his shirt, you have to, it's important to read the Lashon of the Magen Avram. His chaluka, chaluka is a shirt, he dries his hands on his shirt, it's kasha l'shech, can cause him to forget his learning. Now the problem... What, what? Already in the, by in the 13th century? I don't, think they were, I don't think they were still wearing robes. I think they were wearing some form of... Uh, I think they had shirts then, I don't know. Maybe they were wearing long coats. They used to wear long coats back then. I don't know if there was a shirt under it. So it's interesting, the... Because they held him hostage so they can make money. And he refused to allow himself to be redeemed. Because the Mishnah says in Gittin that if you're going to get redeemed, they're going to keep on doing it. So for that reason, the Rubenberg sat in jail and ultimately died in jail. And it wasn't even so easy to get his body out of jail. That's a whole story. But he stayed in jail for, for a good bulk of his life. He was, a, he was in Germany. So um, the problem with this Tashbitz is, where did he get it from? I'm not here to doubt the Rishayim Lachazim, but there's no Gemara like that. There actually is a Gemara which we spoke about before, past the weeks, months already, where the Gemara in Hoyriyist after Gilom with Beis gives you a long list of things that you do that can cause Shechacha. You eat olives, you eat uh, the liver of an animal, a whole list of things that cause the Gemara doesn't have this on the list. It's not a kasha, just an observation that the Gemara never mentions what exa- that this thing about drying your clothing, drying your hands on your clothing, leads to forgetfulness. Now. Even though it's not brought down in the Gemara, this comment of the Tashbits is recorded by all the later Achreinim. Meaning, it's brought down in Shulchan Aruch HaRav, it's brought down in Magen Avram, as we mentioned, it's brought down in Mishtabura, Kitzah Shulchan Aruch, Chay Adam Aruch HaShulchan, across the gamut. Everyone accepts the fact. So the fact is, the, the halach is true, that if you dry your hands on your clothing, you can perhaps forget your learning. But the Prima Godim right over there on the page is not sure. Is it only your shirt? Let's say you want to dry your hands on your pants. Or on a, a different art, a different article of clothing. How literal do you take the tashbits? Do you say it's only chaluka, or is any part, any article of clothing? Ah, oh, that's another shaila. Let's say you're not wearing it. Let's say it's hanging on the. Let's say it's hanging in the closet. We'll get to that shaila in a second. So the Kafachayim writes. He brings from the Yafal Aleph, who brings a very interesting raya. He says, "I have a raya from the Gemara in Hirius that it's any article of clothing." Now here, how, how can you bring me a raya from a Gemara that doesn't talk about our situation? So he comes up like this. The Gemara says in Hoyrius that one of the things you're not allowed to do, which is kosher shechah, is to put your head to sleep under your your kalim. The Gemara says over there, if you sleep under your kalim, you can forget things. 
So the Rashi over there says it's any article of clothing. So the Yafa, the Leif, says the same way when it comes to that halacha. It's any article of clothing. So when it comes to this halacha, it's any article of clothing. It's a pella. The two separate circuits. One is a Gemara and Harvey, and one was made up by the Tashbits. How do you know what rules and regulations it's supposed to follow? But that's what he writes. Kafachayim writes for Davapashit. It's any article of clothing. You can't dry your hands on your pants. You can't dry your hands on uh, any other part of clothing that you have. Um, it's interesting, but that Gemara was talking about something completely different. The Aruch HaShulchan says, Mefurish, that you're not supposed to dry your, clo- your hands on your chaluk or your clothing. So most Achrenim assume that to mean any article of clothing. You should not dry your hands on any of your articles of clothing. Now, there's another Shiloh over here. When are you not allowed to dry your hands? This Magen Avram was found in Hilchas Natila Sidaim, Simen Kuf Nunches. Does that mean it's only when you washed your hands for bread? Or is it any time water gets on your hands? Right? Sometimes you get water on your hands and you're not interested in getting a paper towel, so you just go like this. Or is it only the water from the Tilos Adayim or is it any water that finds its way to your hands? So some people want to bring a raya. If you look in the river Sephraim in Chelek Aus, Mekuf Chavav, here's a long chuva on this topic. So he wants to bring a raya like this. The Gemara says over there in Hoyrius that one of the things that are kosher l'shecha is if you drink water that was used. You reuse water, that could be kosher l'shecha. So he wants to say like this. So that's probably where the Tashbits got this halacha from. Where did the Tashbits get this thing about wet hands on your baggage? It's an offshoot of the halacha of, of, of reusing water. So therefore he said if that's the case, it makes no difference what type of water it is, and it makes no difference what type of baggage it is. And he passes like that way from Rebzi Pesach Frank in the Hart Tzvi. Rebzi Pesach Frank says it doesn't matter why your hands are wet. If your hands are wet and you dry them, you're in a violation of kashal l'shechach. Then Rebbe Ephraim Grima talks about the shadow that Rebbe Gershon wanted to know. Let's say you, you wash your hands and you have a shirt hanging in the closet. But it's not on you. It's hanging in the closet. If I'd walk over and dry my hands on the shirt, would I be in a violation of this Tashbits or not? So Rebbe Ephraim Grima does Mesopic. He's not short. But he writes at the end, he's leaning towards probably that would not be an issue. Even if it's a problem with the shirt, it wouldn't be a problem if it's hanging on the closet, not actively on you. So halachalamaisa, what happens if you go somewhere, you go to use the bathroom somewhere, and your hands are all wet, and there's no toilet paper, there's no paper, what do you do? So the pashtas is, one could argue, that since it's not clear that it would include other articles of clothing, so dry your hands on other articles of clothing. It's interesting, many achreinam amachimah, they say, no, since it's not clear, you have to be machimah, which means all types of water is a problem, and wherever you dry them is a problem. But in the Svadish Psak, it's different. The Vaj Yosef has a tshuva where he says, no, it's a svexveka. This is a classical Rebbe Vajah move. It's a svexveka. What's a svexveka? Suffering number one, maybe it's only a problem with Nitya Sidayim water, not regular water. Suffering number two, maybe it's only on your shirt, not on your pants. So they have Rebbe Vajah Paskins. If, let's say, for example, you go to use the restroom and you, you wash your hands and now your hands are wet, there's no paper towel. So he says, put, dry them on your pants. Because either way, you'll be okay. Because first of all, it's not Nitya Sidayim water. Secondly, it's not your shirt, it's your pants. So better to dry your hands on your pants. That's what he paskets. Other Achronim say, no, you should never dry your hands on your, any articles of clothing. They go the opposite extreme. Never dry your hands on any articles of clothing, whether it's after the bathroom or after the Zedayim, whether it's your shirt or whether it's your pants, they're not machal. But here's an interesting Shiloh. What are you going to forget? The Torah you learn? Yeah, yeah. Kosh Shechah. The Gemara is a whole page in Harius of things you can forget. Yeah. So here's an interesting Shiloh. What do many people do? Many people have a Chumrah that before they wash their hands for bread, they dry their hands. Now why do I say it's a chumrah? Because if you look in the Baralach, it's in the Kosamach Beis, the Baralach says you don't have to do that. It's, it's a more of a Hasidic-based chumrah. It's brought down by early people, it's brought down by the Mashal and others, but Meikradin, you can go up to the, to the washing station with your hands all wet, it's not a problem. But many people have a practice, I'm not knocking the practice, they dry their hands before. So here's the question. Is it worth violating Kosher L'Shechacha? 
you don't have to dry your hands. So instead you go over and you dry your hands on your shirt and you just violated perhaps this idea of kosher l'shechacha. So maybe it's better not to be so from and wash your hands with wet hands. So some people want to say, no, if you're going to go over and wash your hands and you're not going to wash them, first of all, your hands are not wet from the tails of the night. Secondly, you're not going to wash your, you're not going to dry them on your, on your shirt, you'll dry them on your pants. So together, it's not a, it's not a problem. And then Rebbe Vajja has a third sniffle hakam. Rebbe Vajja says that if it's not very wet, it's just a little bit, very, very small amount of water, it's also not a problem. So that's why you'll see people before they go wash, let's say for shal shudis, they'll go like this. They'll try to get the water off their hands. So if they want to be more correct, they should probably do it on their pants. Not anywhere near the shirt, because if you do it on your pants, so that's the khar, not a chalukah. It's probably not your shirt, it's your pants. Maybe do it, uh, rub it on. There's a shot, let's say you rub it on someone else's shirt. <laughs> rub it on the guy next to you's shirt, okay? I don't suggest that. It's a, yeah, it's, it's a good way to lose friends, that's for sure. But in any case, uh, so halach lemaisa, it's probably better to stay clear of drying our hands. But lemaisa, we mentioned this last time, it could be for women, it's not a problem. Because it's not so partial that women have the violation of kosher l'shechacha. So it could be for a woman, if she wants to dry her hands on her clothing, that would be less problematic. We mentioned this once before, just very quickly we'll mention it. The, the end of uh, last week's parasha, Avram Avinu goes through a name change. He gets a new name, Avraham. And the Gemara writes in Brachas, the end of the first paragraph of Gimel, the Gemara writes, that anyone that says Avram, after his name was changed, is over an assay and a lav. You're either a lav and an assay for calling Avram, Avram, after his name was changed to Avraham. So the Mashal writes in Brachas, he's very bothered. Why did none of the priests can bring it down? None of the Rishonim, none of the money have mitzvahs. No one brings down this violation that you're not allowed to call Avram, uh, Avraham, Avram anymore. Now, the truth is the Mashal, the, the Magan Avram brings it down. It's not a kasher. What? We'll get to that in a second. Now, the truth is the Magan Avram, who lived later than the Mashal, it's about 30, 30 years after the Marsha, he does write it. The Magen Avram in Simekuf Nurvav has a whole list of things that are not recorded in the standard Shochanarich, Rambam, and Rif. And he writes it, there he writes, that you're not supposed to call Avra, Avraham Avram, and if you do so, you're in a violation of an Asayin Allah. So it is recorded by the Magen Avram. But it's not recorded by the Rif, the Rambam, and the Rosh, and everyone's up in arms. So the simple answer is, it's not recorded because it's only Midrabanan. So that's why it's not included in the Tayyag Mitzvahs. But the problem is, even if it would only be rabbinic, it should at least be brought down in the books of the Halacha. We have a whole list of Mitzvahs Durabana that are recorded in the Halacha. So why is this not recorded? So the Steichemid wants to say that the whole violation is only when you actually have Avraham Avinu in front of you. There's no Isser except to call Avraham Avinu Avram. But since we don't have Avram in front of us, maybe then if you come across Avram Avinu and you'll say to him, Avram... Instead of Avraham, you'll be in a violation of this Isra and Allah. That's one, one answer he wants to suggest. Now there's a Gemara in Gittin, that's Nun. The Gemara quotes an Amoira whose name was Avram. Aleph, Beis, Reish, Mem. Avram. So the Maritzchias asked, how could there be an Amoira named Avram? I thought if you say Avram, you're in a violation. So the Maritzchias changes the gears. It says his name wasn't Avram, his name wasn't something else. So some people say, what's the violation? The violation is if you take the name Avraham and abridge it to Avram. But if you want to name your kid Avram from the get-go, that's not a violation. So this Amoyer was named Avram. His name was Avram. Not Avraham, but rather his name was Avram. That's one answer they want to give. The other answer they want to give is that nothing can be usher unless it's recorded at Harsinai. Any mitzvah that we had before Harsinai is not usher unless it's repeated to Kala Yisrael at Harsinai. Presumably it was not repeated at Harsinai this Isser. And that's why it's not going to be a prohibition. I always joke, what's the famous Chasno uh, Holland word? What's it called? Ateres? Avram. Most people call it Avram. It's not Avram. Who's Avram? You're not allowed to call Avram. It's Avraham. We just, we just cut down the hay, the hay because we don't have time to say it. 
So I wonder if that would be a violation of this halacha when you refer to it as, I would assume the person who was named Avraham, it was probably, his name was Avraham, not, not Avram, but sometimes we just say it short because we don't want to uh, get out the extra uh, sound in our mouth, but that probably would not be a violation of the Yisr, because again, if you want to take the name Avram and use it on its own, that's okay, but when you're trying to use Avraham and you shorten it to Avram, that could be a question, but again, generally speaking, it's not really an issue because most places can hold the Yisr is not so negative, but the Magen Avram does record it, Kuf Nun Vav, the Magen Avram does record such a violation.